From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about the seemingly little things that can have an impact on your marriage. And psychologist Carl Jung said this, every form of addiction is bad, no matter whether it's alcohol or morphine or idealism. And I'm going to add on to that electronics, sports, or social media. And we're going to be digging into these seemingly inconsequential things that can have a huge impact on today's show. But we start every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug and this week is no different. This week's hug is brought to you by the One Extraordinary Marriages Connect Like You Did When You First Met Kindle Edition Flash Sale. Through June 30th, the Kindle edition of this book is only $2.99. Packed with questions to get the conversation started in any area of marriage, this is a must have for every couple. No more just asking, how was your day? It's time to dig deep and what better way to do that than when we're having a flash sale on this title. You aren't going to want to miss your chance to get the Kindle version that comes packed full of bonuses too. Those bonuses include 50 additional questions covering specific issues and topics, a four-step checklist to keep discussions civil and on track, and two hours of related audio discussion on communication. So get it now at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash connect Kindle. And this hug, we don't read too many of them that actually come from Instagram, Uh, This hug actually came through on Instagram, and this was from uh, one of our followers who, when we did the seven days of sex flash sale a while back, um, had this to say. She said, okay, I just bought this book. I walked into Barnes & Noble, wrote the title on a paper, and flipped it over to the girl at the counter. She opened it up and started reading the title out loud. Dead stopped herself and gave a smile and chuckle. I felt a little naughty in the midst of all the teenagers and kids with parents, but I am ecstatic to get it. I know a million percent my husband is going to be super pumped to step up to this challenge. We love, um, one, we love that you guys are catching us on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a daily inspirational, motivational quote there on Instagram. We love the interaction that you're giving us just as you share what we're putting up there and you're also sharing with those that matter in your lives. You know, so often you're tagging your spouses, you're giving encouragement to your friends going through this thing called marriage. And, um, to this gal that felt a little bit naughty, but has a super pumped husband. We're so excited for the two of you as you embark on the seven days of sex challenge. The next one is the, we did it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, she might want to call in for that one. Yeah. So, you know, first of all, I just want to say every once in a while, Tony gets behind the mic and he comes out with that deep voice. I don't know. You guys probably heard it a little bit at the start of the show. Wow. I love that deep voice that he comes with. Um, (laughs) I don't know. It just, you know, it works for me. It works for me. But let's talk about what the issue is today. You know, we've been having some fun. Um, The other thing I want to say, actually, before we jump into the issue is that this past weekend was my birthday and a special thank you to all of you that wished me a happy birthday that saw that Tony had buried it very deep into Friday's newsletter um, Mm -hmm. so that I wouldn't necessarily see it until I kept figuring out why are we getting all these emails back from people? And then I'm like, oh, those are birthday wishes for me. So thank you for those of you who 
get the email who read it and who wished me a happy birthday this weekend. So, you know, we mentioned at the start of the show, we're talking about those seemingly little things. And this has come up because it happens in our marriage from time to time. And it happens in your marriages too, right? It's those seemingly little things that are causing us literally to numb right out of our relationships. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that we're turning to these other things as a way to, I'm going to say kind of like self-medication, right? These are things that we're developing more than just a passing interest in that are causing us to check out of interaction with one another. And, you know, we mentioned electronics at the top of the show. We mentioned social media. We mentioned sports, but some of them might be, you know, I'm going to get a little bit more specific here because sometimes I think, you know, as we're talking about it, people are like, well, that's not me. I don't really do that. Okay. Those of you that are spending a lot of time on Facebook or Pinterest, you're doing it. And those of you that, you know, literally the minute you walk in the door, some form of electronics has got your attention, be it your iPad, your phone, or the television, you're doing it. You know, those of you that spend more time playing sports in the summer softball league than you do taking your spouse out on a date or spending time in conversation with them, you're doing it. Those of you that would rather that would rather read erotica or, you know, harmlessly, you know, troll through your phone to see what kind of pornography is popping up. You're doing it. Okay. These little things, they turn into not so little things and I'm going to call it what it really is. These are addictions and we are a society that is addicted to our stuff. Okay. To what makes us feel good. And and I love that quote from Carl Jung because he's just like, you know, it doesn't matter what you call it. It is you know, or it doesn't matter what the addiction is. It's an addiction. Yeah. As, as you know, if we go back to that, he says, no matter whether it's alcohol or morphine or idealism, you know, and that idealism part could be, you know, things that we're, we're bringing up right now. Mm-hmm. And when you find yourself spending more and more time being more and more checked out of your relationship, you have a problem. And I'm going to venture a guess because, you know, I live in the same society that you all do, that society isn't going to necessarily call some of these things addictions. I mean, I, I've been with groups of moms where we're talking about Facebook or Pinterest and, you know, people talk about losing hours. Yeah. Right. You know, just like, oh, I just sat down to check out one recipe on Pinterest. And, you know, three hours later, I was like, ooh, it's 11 o'clock. I better go to bed. You know, or I heard a thing on a TED radio hour a couple of weeks ago that was talking about binge watching. Like people find a series on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or whatever your media platform of choice is, and you watch like every episode for the last three seasons in a weekend, right? Binge watching, okay? There are these things in our society that for the most part in and of themselves are not necessarily bad, okay? I'm leaving the erotica and the pornography out of that statement Mm -hmm. because I do have some judgment on those. But what I'm saying is, these other things aren't necessarily destructive to the relationship, except when you are spending so much time with them that you're using them as a tool to check out of dealing with the tough conversations, right? Dealing with an issue that you may be facing yourself. You know, alcohol and drugs do not, are not the only way that you have to, check out of life. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and a, and a lot of us have been taught that, well, if it's not drugs or it's not alcohol, then I'm okay. And yet it's when you're binge watching, you know, you're checking out and you are, you're using that to numb yourself instead of looking at what's happening in your life, right? And going after how you can begin to take action in your own life. So that you can get the results and the desire that you the desire you have in your own marriage. And let's be real honest here, okay? Every relationship is going to face its challenges. Oh, yeah. If you've if you've listened to this show more than two times, you've heard that Elise and I have had challenges and still do and still face them. Right. Every life, you know. I mean, nobody's life is so perfect that they don't have any junk going on in it. No, you know bad things happening to them. So we're all dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's part of the reason you guys tune into the show is like, okay, well, how are Tony and Lisa going to you know, deal with this storm? Right. How are other people, you know, through the hugs and, and through the success stories, how are they dealing with it? Mm-hmm. Right. We all are dealing with it, but the difference comes in how you choose to deal with it. Okay. Do you choose to hide and say, you know what? Uh, like I read last week or I was discussing last week on the show when we were talking about finances and I was mentioning the fact that this couple talks about the fact that they bury their head in the sand. Right. Okay. That's one strategy for dealing with the issues in your relationship. Right. I mean, absolutely just ignore it and pretend it's not happening. It's still happening guys. Or you can do like what we're talking about here in this show where, you know, you've got people that are just like us sometimes turning to these outside sources as a way to not deal with, with what's going on in the relationship or what's going on with me. Like I would rather sit and watch, you know, scroll through everybody else's life on Facebook than deal with what's going on in my own or, you know, watch TV for a few hours. Cause I, you know, do I have responsibilities? Sure. But you know what? I don't feel like doing it. Right. I don't want to take responsibility for my own actions. I don't want to take responsibility for my responsibilities. Right, because it's easier to to go to those things. And here's an example. Last night, Lisa and I were coming home from church, and um, it, it was a it was an awesome awesome evening. And as we're driving home, I could I could just I could just feel the Holy Spirit just going, "Hey, you need to ask her these questions." And she was flipping through her Facebook. You know, she was on her phone flipping through her Facebook. The car's quiet, and I'm going, "No, why am I going to rock the boat here?" Like, why am I going to bring this up now? You know, and yet I, I asked her, I said, Hey, let me ask you, you know, what are you liking about the church? You know, what for those of you that don't know, we've just recently switched churches in the last couple of months. So right. that's where this conversation is coming from. Right. And, and yet, you know, I could have sat there and said nothing, allowed her to just hung out on Facebook on the drive home, 20 minutes home. And, and I had a choice there too. I mean, I could have literally blown him off. Um, it does, guys, it does happen sometimes in our marriage. I, yeah. I know. I mean, I had my daughter tell me last night that nothing bad ever happens to me. And I was like, oh, hello. Let's get real here. Um, same thing with you guys. There are times when we ignore each other for our devices. Mm-hmm. It's part of the reason why we do these shows is to remind ourselves that, hey, you know what? That addiction doesn't have a place in our marriage. And so I did. I, I turned off the phone and as awkward and uncomfortable as the situ- the conversation was just because there's a vulnerability there when somebody's like, well, what do you like? And, and you know, how are you feeling about this? And you're like, oh, okay, we're getting real here. We did. Mm-hmm. Was it like a long conversation? No, it was 10 minutes in the car 
10 minutes. You guys, your, your conversations don't have to be three hours long. The big ones don't have to be three hours long. It was enough for me in those 10 minutes to say, here, here's what's going on with me. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's where I'm struggling. Here's where I'm feeling, you know, confident and all of these things. And then, you know, that was the conversation, right? But I had a choice in that moment. He had a, Tony had a choice in that moment, right? So do you. I'm going to be real clear with this. You don't have to spend three hours on Facebook, Pinterest, ESPN, reading a book, playing softball with your friends five nights a week. That's a choice. And if you're just doing it occasionally, it's not a big deal. You know, and your friends, your wife's like, hey, seriously, one night a week, go play softball. Like, that's cool. Go, go hang out with the guys, or, you know, or your wife is her husband saying, yeah, go, go to the art class with the gals, whatever it is, I, you know, whatever you do, that's cool. It's when you're using that to not face what's going on in your own four walls. Okay. Because they're not going to go away. Right. When Tony and I have communication issues, if we don't talk, guess what? The communication issues get bigger. Yeah. Let, let me give you guys a definition of addiction. Uh, Cause as Elisa was talking there, I was like, you know what, let, let's get that out. So that way we we're all on the same page. So addiction, um, and this is coming from online. I just, typed in definition of addiction, the fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance thing or activity. And so it's all about dependency Mm. on something else. Right. And when we said our, I do's and we came into this covenant as a couple, our dependency was upon each other, not on other things. So when you look at what, the definition of addiction is, is there a substance? Is there a thing? Is there an activity that is taking us away from the covenant, the marriage covenant that we said I do too? So that's what you got to be thinking about in your own mind when we're talking about this today, because I think too many of us, you know, even in the church for the longest time, whenever addiction was brought up, it was drugs and alcohol. And I remember going to bat with one of my pastors about bringing up pornography. I go, if you bring up the two, you need to bring up the third. You know, if you bring it up the two, you got to bring up the other one because that's happening. You know, the statistics aren't lying with 50% of men and 20 or 30% of women in the church looking at it. There's a problem. And so in your marriage and in your life, is it a substance? Is it a thing or is it an activity? And if it's taking up too much of your time, then you have an addiction to it, a dependency upon it, which then again is taking you away from your marriage, which is going to impact how you are able to connect with your spouse emotionally, financially, physically, sexually. So don't point the finger at somebody else like your spouse and go, you have an issue when it may be you that needs to look at yourself and go, wow, I am, I am focusing on this thing way too much. You know, I've been in, I've been in the car business for many many years and I've known guys and gals who have done reconditioning projects from the ground up on cars. They they lose everything around them, but the car gets built up. You know, everything around them is in shambles because this thing is taking all of their time. Well, and you know, as you were saying that, the one thing that came to mind too is when you were cycling. Yeah. And oh I, gosh. I, I, I just want to be real careful. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know you just said don't don't 
look at your spouse. No, no, no. But that's that's a very great example because you know I've got clients, coaching clients, who the exercise, the physical fitness pushes is pushing this boundary on whether or not it's it's an addictive behavior because it becomes all consuming right? The, the perfect meal plan, the perfect workout schedule, the, you know, I mean, Tony would get up guys seriously when he was in this cycling space where he it would was, get, it he was would get totally my drug of choice and, and go ride ridiculous amounts of hours on the weekends. Our kids were little. So I'm like doing the single mom thing seven days a week. Cause he's riding, you know, Monday through Friday he was at work and Saturday and Sunday he was on his bike for eight hours. And you know, Tony just used that phrase and I hope you guys heard it. And if not, I'm going to bring it up again because I think this is something that we need to be very conscious of in our society. And that's the fact that most of us have a drug of choice. Okay. And some of you just about turned off the show when I said that, because you don't want to face that because that's hard to hear. Mm-hmm. It's hard to hear somebody say, you've got a drug of choice. But the reality is, is that our our culture makes it so easy for us, right? Because what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to feel good all the time, right? We're supposed to be happy all the time. We're not supposed to have to deal with the crap in our lives. You know, it's, it's my way and I want it and I want to feel good and I want to feel happy and it's my, my right that I should feel happy. Well, no. Okay. <laughs> in this life, there will be troubles, Right. And because of that, because we have the society that's telling us, you know what, you should feel good all the time. When we don't, when we don't feel good, what do we do? We turn to, what did you say? Substances, things, or activities. Mm -hmm. We turn to substances, things, or activities to make us feel better or to numb us out to the pain that we're feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I've seen it in my own life. I mean, there have been times when I have been that impulse shopper where I'm like out and I'm like, Ooh, this would be good. And this would be good. And this would be good. Right. That was Christmas a few years ago. Go back and listen to those shows that I overspent. And that was bad for our marriage. We've had times in our marriage where the social media slash electronics has taken over our marriage, where physical fitness has taken over our marriage. I'm thinking we are like the poster children for this because I can go through and think, oh yeah, we did that. We did that. Reality is, is that We've all done it. And you actually have to look at yourself this week and figure out what your drug of choice is. What do you check out with instead of facing what's going on in your life? Or checking. Another way to do it is checking in. You know, it's when I was in my cycling deal there, Elisa's totally dead on. I mean, folks, I would get up at 4 a.m. I would work out, you know, three days a week during the week. Um, I, I would, I would be up at 4 a.m. on the weekends, 5 a.m. on the weekends. I'd be gone for six to 10 hours, depending on the bike ride I was doing, you know, and it was all about me and I was checking out. I was totally checking out. And you know what? My family life was in shambles at the time. Uh, Elisa and I weren't connecting emotionally. We weren't connecting sexually. You know, I was too tired. Um, my work my business was suffering from that. You know, I was checking out of life and it was through cycling, which most people would go, but it's healthy and it's good. Yes, it is. I brought it back to where it's healthy and it's good. At that point in time, it wasn't. So let's talk about what you got to do, right? Because it's, I mean, we're all sitting here going, okay, great, Elisa, Tony, got it. I got a problem. What do I do? 
right? And we're never going to leave you on the show without some kind of solutions for facing what's next, Mm -hmm. right? So the first thing is you got to, you know, don't look at your spouse, look at yourself, think about your life, think about your week and say, where am I doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, is it the fact that the first thing I do in the morning is check social media and, and, you know, catch up on whatever's happened in the last, you know, six hours since I went to bed and checked it right before I went to bed, right? Is it the fact, like Tony was saying with the exercise, where I'm just exercising virtually around the clock? You know, are you, are you sitting in front of the TV for hours, losing hours there? I don't know where you're losing your time. I know you only have 24 hours in a day and I know your relationship needs you. So the first thing is recognize where and how you're doing this. And and then the next step is you got to start building guardrails, right? You got to have a plan because, you know, we're all familiar with the idea of the 12 steps, Mm -hmm. you know, with Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, whatever the anonymous program is, it's typically a 12 step program. And part of that is defining guardrails. Right? Like, how are you, you know, with some of these things that we've mentioned and we've been talking about in today's show, they're a part of life. So it's got to be how are you going to manage them so that they don't overtake your relationships, right? Tony is still a cyclist. Tony, ne- well, there, was, there was one period of time where Tony stopped cycling going through this season. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, Tony has not stopped cycling. And Yet he had to go from the crazy, I'm cycling. I mean, you were probably cycling 200 miles a week. More. More. Down to, I mean, on average, you're probably, what, 60 now? 60 to 100. 60 to 100. But typically only on the weekends, right? It's not this Monday through Friday, three days a week, plus Saturday, plus Sunday, Mm -hmm. you know. So he had to to really figure out for himself what that was going to look like. Right. You know, for me with the shopping, when we went to a cash plan, let me tell you, there's nothing like having cash to really kind of curb whether or not you're buying the impulse stuff, right? With the social media, you know, I've got blocks on some of my computers so that it actually shuts down and doesn't let me in after a certain amount of time. Um, you know, there are different things, but you've got to figure out the guardrails. What's, what's the one program we have? It's an app called My Watchdog. And this actually, I have to authorize apps and it also gives me the opportunity to control the amount of time. And now I bring this up, folks. Uh, this would be a mutual agreement of, between you and your spouse. But if it's something that you guys are going, look at, we're going on date night from you know 6 to 10 p.m. on Thursday night or Friday night or Saturday night, whatever it is. This could be a way that you could set that up where it's on both phones and so it shuts off your phones. Now, here's the cool thing. You can still make emergency calls, and I think you can still get emergency calls in. This is something that I'm not saying you set it up as a husband or a wife, and you, you put it on your spouse's phone so you shut them down without talking to them about this. This is a way for you two to go, look it. You know, we're going on on these date nights, and we're, and we're starting to space out. You know, we're checking out over here. Why don't we set this up so that way we know where we're at mm-hmm. for, for us. I mean, still to this day, typically on dates, I'm leaving my phone in the car at home. Elisa's bringing hers just so the kids can check in. Babysitter can check in if we need it. So, you know, if that's one of those ways that can help you guys to go, you know what? Yeah. We just need to be able to just turn it off and know that 
we can't get on it for four hours. Another thing that you can do just with the phone specifically is, um, I know with the iPhone anyway, if you have people on your favorites list, you can put your phone on do not disturb and your favorites still get through. Mm. So that's another way to, to do that. Um, you know, the next thing that you have to do as you're building these guardrails is you have to have accountability, right? And for a lot of you, this may be your spouse, right? If you're saying, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to spend this much time on social media or on the computer or in front of the TV. And you're, it's going to require a conversation with the person that's around you the most when you're doing that. Right. Right. You know, if it's, if it's me saying I'm not gonna be on social media and Tony is like, Hey, you're on Facebook. Well, that's not the time for me to get cranky and get mad at him. Right. If I told him I was going to work on this area and he's bringing it to my attention, because let's face it, a lot of times with addictions, you just slip into the behavior and you don't even know you're doing it. Right. Because it's become such a, a habit, such a behavior that you need to have that, uh, that consciousness interruption to say, Hey, you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that, you know, if your spouse makes you their accountability partner, um, say it in love, right? Don't, don't be all like up on them going, you're doing it again. I can't believe it. You just said you weren't going to do this and now you're doing it. Okay. That's not going to be productive. Right. But just say, Hey babe, I, I just noticed like you told me you wanted me to just check in with you when I see you on Facebook and you're on Facebook. And respond in love on both sides of that. Yeah. In, in this one, I, I really think that as couples, we need to be accountable to each other. This, what we're talking about here, you know, when, when we're talking about, you know, being, you know, electronics or sports or social media type stuff, really, I think we've passed the buck here a lot on accountability. It's like the guy going, well, I need my buddy to be accountable to me when I'm talking about this stuff. You know what? This is, this impacts you and your, your wife. This impacts your marriage. You know, I get it. Hey, if you have an addiction to alcohol, drugs, pornography, that is just, it's out of control. Yeah. You need help and you need somebody outside of that covenant with these things. I really think these are places where we need to hold each other accountable and we just don't do it anymore. You know, we rather just placate it and just be like, oh, that's okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell my wife what to do or, and she's not going to tell me what to do. And I, I think we're losing a lot of what the foundation of our marriage is about and being able to say, Hey honey, I love you, but you're going out of control here. Believe me, when I was going through my cycling stuff, Elisa was saying that, you know, did I listen for a lot of it? No. no. <laughs> and yet, as I began to understand and hear it more and more often, I, I realized the impact T- to have an accountability partner afterwards to just go, Hey, am I cycling too much? It just wouldn't happen. They don't understand the dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, you're working out. What's the big deal? You know, you're you're achieving all these accomplishments. It's you know, you're doing 200 mile bike rides and you're you're doing all this and you're doing all that. They don't understand, but my wife does because it impacts her directly. And so for her to say, "Hey, Tony, you gotta get, you gotta just chill out here." You know, look look at yourself. Look what's happening. You know, it was that tough love that I had to realize and, and not fight back, but to listen and hear her and then look at myself in the mirror and go, you know what? She's right. She's right. What am I going to do? You know? I mean, a lot of this comes down to uh, checking your pride and your ego at the door mm-hmm. in lieu of your marriage and your relationship, right? Because when, when we let the relationship 
be what it's supposed to be, there's not a lot of room for our ego and our pride. And so the last thing that I just want to say is that you've got to make time for those discussions. If there's things going on with you personally or things going on in your relationship that need to be addressed, things that you realize as you're starting to listen to the show and you're like, wow, that's what I've been avoiding. That's what I haven't been talking about. You need to set up a time to have those conversations. And just like Tony and I yesterday in the car, it was 10 minutes. Wasn't anything crazy? You know, was I contained to the car? Absolutely. He was going 75 down the freeway. Um, you know, but I, I chose in that moment to say, you know what? I'm going to tell him what I'm feeling and I'm going to be vulnerable here. And he's going to love me in, in that moment, right? Instead of numbing out, I stepped forward into the conversation and it made all the difference. And that's what we want for you guys. We want you guys to be able to, throughout the course of the show, to have said, you know what? This is what I'm using to check out. This is what's going on and the reason why I'm checking out of my relationship. And here's what I need to do to take the next step to check back in. Because I tell you guys, when you check back into your relationship, when you commit to being vulnerable, when you commit to tackling those issues head on, your relationship changes, your marriage gets better. And that's what you want. Yeah, guys. So one way to do this is to ask questions to each other. Really, it is. And if you don't know what to ask, Pick up Connect Like You Did When You First Met, the Kindle edition, right now until June 30th. It's $2.99. You can get it at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash connect Kindle. That's all one word at the end, connect Kindle. Get it for $2.99. Start asking and answering these questions. You may even have to pick it up for yourself and just ask the questions of yourself. But start because these little things can add up over time and pull you away. And it may never get back to where you want it to be. Fortunately for us, we've been able to overcome those. And we know many other couples who have been as well. So don't sit back and wait. Take that step, take that action this week. Figure it out what's pulling you away from that covenant, from your marriage, and then dive into it. Get back into it and be there with your spouse. Folks, we love you guys. We hope you have a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week.